Snatchcast 46. Listen to that soulful, plaintive guitar by Mark Brush. Really is something. I'm Mark Brush. He's Mark Brush. He was the man whose fingers were working uh, so eloquently across the frets. Eloquently? Of the tailor. Elegantly. I think there's an eloquence to your finger dexterity. Feeling contemplative. I know. After the passing of Mr. David Bowie. Yeah, sad news. But a triumphant exit, in a way, you know. You release this uh, challenging record with all sorts of subtext about your impending death that you just didn't didn't bleed out. Nobody knew about? No, but now everyone's like, oh, of course. He's in the hospital bed. Oh, you're right. Just put that together. See? Light bulbs. That's the second video. What about the first one? The we- Oh, that was like a... Maybe that's visions of death and the weird moon and all that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just... It, amazing of him to share on such a personal yet abstract level. I, it's amazing how few people knew he was ill. I know. Came as a huge surprise. He's David Bowie, after all. I know. Or he, David Bowie. He's kind of always in control of his output, though, in a sense, so... Shouldn't we all be? We are right now. The Proust. We're in control. We're going to take you on a journey here. The Proust. Starting with the Proust questionnaire. I would say Proust. Proust? I've always heard Marcel Proust. That's what I've heard, too. Well, you said Proust earlier. You said Proust first, just now. You, you did it first earlier. You broke the Proust seal. We are going to present to you the Proust questionnaire as answered by Mr. Bowie and us. So there you go. You get to know us. I will be reading as Bowie. Just <laughs> myself. And yourself? Yeah, but in a different accent. Okay, then I'll read the... Wait. You read the question. Okay. That way it'll go back for the you know, tip-tap. What is your idea... Excuse me, hold on. Let me fix my mouth. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Reading. That was your that Bowie was accent? An, I didn't say I was doing a Bowie. I just said I'm going to do an English accent. So it sounds Why not just distinct. do the Bowie? Reading. Uh, my answer, adult coloring. And Josh Tyson's answer, uh, group Lego build. Oh, boy. What is your most marked characteristic, Mr. G- Bowie? Getting a word in edgewise. I would answer, failing to monetize. And I'm going to answer, mailing to phonetize. It's clever, but not insightful. What do you consider your greatest achievement? Discovering morning. I think that's a nice one. Yeah, I agree. That is a nice one. Your, a nice yours, one. yours, I don't know. No, mine is swaddling. But as an addendum to that, do you remember how good I was at swaddling? It was the finger dexterity. It was the was tailor. It was, it was the guitar solos. It was fo- it was that same dexterity and passion. It was that fourth... forged into making your child into a little burrito wrap. And a t- remember, I would tell you all the time, you got to get tighter than that. You got to get tighter. And you're like, no, they're going to be unhappy in there. I'm like, you make the fourth trimester, you cram them in there. Yeah, Mark was very forceful when he swaddled his children. They could not budge an inch. It was like a straitjacket. I felt, I it felt was beyond that. hug. It was more like a straitjacket. He'd tape their arms down. A high degree of accomplishment. So his, his greatest achievement, swaddling mine, sitting down to it. You like that? Eh. All right. What, what is it? Anything. The what? work, homie. Okay, what is your greatest fear? Converting kilometers to miles. 
I think maybe you should stop doing the accent. <laughs> Why? I don't. Uh, We're in too deep. Mine is fake chronic pain. Mine is kids in peril. Or, oh. or kids too tightly swaddled. Follow up. Ooh, look at good answer. Which living person do you most admire? Um, Elvis. See, that? What's, that's a joke, right? Because he yeah. probably... Yeah. Yeah. I had a dead person too, but... At one point, and then I was like, no, I don't want to piggyback on his joke. David Bowie. Uh, well, actually, I wasn't trying to copy. I didn't. I just put a dead person, and then I reread the question. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I see what he did there. I shan't do that as well. Shit. <clears throat> Mark Brush's answer is Kanye. Kanye. And I'm going with uh, Swinton. Who are your heroes in real life? The consumer. The listener. The life partner. You don't have one of those. I have a life partner. Just because we're married doesn't mean we're not partners. Oh, okay. In fact, it solidifies our partnership, right? Interesting twist. Which word or For phrase tax purposes. do you most overuse? Oh, boy. Thonic miasma. Nope. <clears throat> I, uh, there you go. And mine is, uh, I'm just saying. Good God. Yeah, that's a clear winner for you. What is your greatest regret? You know who else did these? I'm just remembering. It was the guy on the actor's studio. Didn't he always do these? Uh, James Lipton? Yeah. Remember he'd close it and you're the gates of the paralyzed gates of heaven. What oh, do you yeah, say? He'd... he would do something like this, if not these. Okay, I interrupted. What is your greatest regret? Uh, that I never wore bell bottoms. Mine is that I never went to San Francisco after graduating from college to be a writer. Just a writer. And Dave Eggers stole away all your thunder. That was supposed to be you, wasn't it? You were supposed to write that. You had the idea for that fractured narrative where it was like he was auditioning to be on the real world, but then it was just a conversation in his own head, an internal dialogue. You had that idea. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go. I talked out of it. Stayed here. Not you now in a basement. How about you, Josh? Uh, Never credited for inventing the airbag. I invented it uh, when I was like seven or eight years old. I was watching 2020, I think. Uh-huh. And they were showing crash test dummies, like cars slamming in slow motion into things. And I, and I was, I thought in my head of like a the Jiffy Pop, you know, like the that little pan that you'd heat and then the foil bag would eventually oh, wow. balloon. And I was like, well, what if there was like a balloony thing that came out of the steering wheel that <clears> just <throat> was full of popcorn and would break their fall? You, or air, I was thinking air. But I, I had, I distinctly remember having that idea. I was like, that's a pretty good idea. Hmm. And then I never, you know, I didn't run to my parents. Mommy, daddy, call the patent office. In an accent? Yeah, we grew up. Uh, Liverpool? Stateside. What is your current state of mind? Pregnant. Distracted. Misty. <clears throat> what is your most treasured possession? A photograph held together by cellophane tape of Little Richard that I bought in 1958 and a pressed and dried chrysanthemum picked on my honeymoon in Kyoto. There's something um, uh, a little bit bouncy and like, it's like you're a uh, infantryman on re- reprieve, retreat, R&R. An infantryman on R&R <laughs> you are really reading in the South my... Pacific. Kind of it's that Bowie. That's the one you picked. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, he he had many different. Actually, if you when you go back and listen to this episode again, you'll notice that I picked 
uh, distinct uh, chapters from his career as I was doing these impressions. You just, you're not picking up oh, on it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm in the moment. Yeah. I'll catch that in post. Uh, my most treasured possession, uh, my great-grandfather's typewritten memoirs, and my, I put wife, I should have put life partners. Yeah, let's be. Printed thesis. <laughs> I've got uh, iPhone 5 storage full. <laughs> really? Just that, love it. Just love it. That's a joke. Uh, where would what you are li- possessions? I don't. Where would you like to live? Northeast Bali or South Java? I would like to live on Golden Pond. I would like to live up in the UP. Really? Michigan's Upper Peninsula. That's close to Golden Pond. Right along Lake Superior. If I could just get a big hunk of land and make like a super. You, you know who lives mid-century there? Mid-century modern bunker, completely off grid. Bagney. It's got a house on a lake. Bagney has a house in the UP. It's behind the Cheddar Curtain. The, you don't you don't even know what the UP is, do you? Upper, Upper Peninsula. Peninsula. Yeah, okay. I do. I've been there. Oh, I've been there. And you know what? It looks. You hold your hand up. That's what it looks like. The UP. Uh, you're wrong. The Michigan looks like a mitten. The UP is it's a part little, of the part of the hand. No, it's it's up above the. You don't. You, it's separate. Okay. All right. Next time we're. Uh, in the same room with Ken, I'm going to do this, and he's going to know, and you're going to be proven wrong. Doubt it. What is your favorite... I'm not I- saying that the mitten isn't emblematic of Michigan, but it does not have the UP on it. What? So did you look at a picture of uh, Michigan? Let's move on. Who was right? You were right. Yeah, see. Fucking lived. In so the vicinity. Cl- what is your favorite occupation? Squishing paint on a senseless canvas. Mark Brush says, thought leader. And I would say writer. Oh, Mark Brush is going to also add ideator. <laughs> what are your favorite names? Sears and Roebuck. I would answer happy or justice or pancake. I'm going to go with Winston Orson. Winston. Churchill. Uh-huh. Interesting. Big Churchill fan? I don't know. <laughs> I like the name. <laughs> I like this dietary habits. What is your motto? What is my motto? Mine is here, now. And mine is, I'm just saying. That is your motto. Yep. It says a lot about you. Listeners at home, you should back up. Answer along with us. Learn something about yourself. Send your answers to hi, hi. at natch.is. Yeah, sure. Post your answers to Instagram. Keep your answers to Tag your self. At real natch. Because I'm tired of the email. <laughs> Should we do the news? Tom Brady's tomatoes. I'm just a little crestfallen about David Bowie's tomatoes. It is sad, but. Uh, having, ha- yeah, you want to go deep? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> I guess we shouldn't do that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's super sad that he died young in relative terms. But I'm impressed by his triumphant exit. Go not quietly into the night. Is that the quote? I gotta, I haven't heard the new album. Softly? I've, I've been amazed by the videos and the songs I've heard. I need to just listen to it. I'm, I just like the artistic decisiveness. He's like, 
mm. oh, this is happening. Here's this. my response. Yeah. I just learned that a black star is a cancerous lesion. It's another name for a type of lesion. Yep. He was embedding symbolism. Look at that. Uh, now we go from Tom Brady's David demands. Bowie to Tom Brady. <laughs> nice segue. Meet the chef who decides what Tom Brady eats and what he definitely doesn't. Hillary Sargent. Boston.com. Is that Boston Globe? Might be. The quote. Actually, not the quote yet. Is nope. there enough of a setup in the in the intro, do you think, there? Yeah. So they have a personal chef. They they have a per well, the, well, we could get into it because they also I also learned in reading this article and following links through the internets that Tom Brady is in business with a guy who has a checkered past in the supplement world. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy has been like done body work on him. He's like he puts a ton of faith in this guy as like the reason he hasn't gotten injured or when he tore his ACL, he didn't have to have surgery, you know, a lot of stuff. He hasn't had knee replacements. He gets whacked in the back and doesn't get hurt. And he's 38, performing at his prime. But the guy is a quack. Well, I bet all those things that you said are pretty much true of him. He is sort of superhuman football yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just him. Maybe he's just one of that guy. Maybe he, he could is. eat. He could eat McDonald's every day and probably be that guy. But he doesn't. Uh, no, he the doesn't. quote here, 80% of what they eat is vegetables. I buy the freshest vegetables. If it's not organic, I don't use it. Ooh. And whole grains, brown rice, quinoa, millet, beans. No mung beans. The other 20% is lean meats, grass-fed organic steak, duck every now and then, and chicken. It's duck. Yeah. As for fish, I mostly cook wild salmon. It's very different than a traditional That's American boring. diet. That's what? Boring? Just wild salmon? Oh, come on, that's like... But that's like the, the most rich, yeah, nutrient-dense fish. We could go deeper than that if we're really if we're Tom Brady. But if you just eat sugar and carbs, which a lot of people do, your body is so acidic, and that causes disease. Uh-oh. Tom recently outed Frosted Flakes and Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola is what they uh, call it here in this country, on uh, W-E-E-I. I love that he did that. Sugar is the death of people. We should know the chef's name. Let me. Alan Campbell, is that right? That's my memory. His personal chef? The name of the chef who said Alan Campbell. That's the Brady's chef. Yeah, and they met him in Miami. He's Pretty never, intense He's guy. never been a personal chef before to a No. Uh, to Did you hear about his day? That was in there. His average day? Yeah, he just like wakes up late and goes and like cooks some lunch and <laughs> he then wakes up, works goes out, to the farmer. Or no, he, wor- he wakes up, works out, hits the farmer's market, makes some lunch, goes back to the farmer's market, makes them dinner. Goes home at seven. And I was impressed uh, that Giselle, he said Giselle packs their yeah. kids' lunches. I'm thinking that's where they get the Frosted Flakes in. No. <laughs> Giselle's <laughs> no? on board. Uh, Giselle's on board. She is. Well, so this got a lot of attention and... There's a guy named Andy Balati. Well, real quick though, the dietitian. The, the thing responded. that I, this article got, the thing that I liked that he kept saying was how laid back they were. Mm. Which I, I'm just saying. I, I did I just I didn't say that. I'm just saying. No, did that's I, your lifestyle. That's your motto. That's everything about you. I'm just saying. Yeah, hey, I'm just. Of course, saying. you like the laid back Giselle Bunchen. Well, it was you. You would just expect. Of course, you like the laid back Giselle Bunchen. Nice. I'm just you. You'd, you'd expect from a power couple, on the. You know, they're top of the game, right? You'd think that they would be very high maintenance. Right. So maybe they are, and they told him, you goddamn tell them that we're laid back. <laughs> no matter what you say, you say that. <laughs> and that Giselle packs their lunches. But mm. assuming those things are true, 
I kind of like that about them, and, <clears throat> and I liked that it's like a it's a it's like a plant based. It's kind of like it's a good diet. Yeah, it's a good diet. All in all, I mean, they they go too far, and whenever you interview the the chef about like this, these health trends, they're going to get some stuff wrong, probably right or yeah. further. But, but remember was, the anecdote when they go on vacation? Like he doesn't go with them; he just calls and says, "This is what they like to eat." Yeah, laid back. That's more. That's a little bit laid just back. Cruising. Maybe they're not. Are they? They could afford to bring them with them. Yeah. And so I was telling my wife, I was like, you know what? I, I read this article and I really kind of, sort of like oh, Tom Brady a little bit, Jesus. like Giselle. And she said, Oh yeah, but did you know he endorsed Trump? And, I, and then I was like, <laughs> Oh, fucking puke! Didn't I? Isn't that also like Rob Lowe? Didn't I, I read? Know. Like- well, I read it, but Tom Brady didn't officially endorse Trump, but in an interview, he said that they're good friends. Oh. And he's like, and he he thinks that Trump's. Uh, professional journey is inspiring, you know, from yeah. real estate mogul to TV star to politician. And he said, I, I support my friends in whatever they do. Interesting guy. So it's sort of a veiled endorsement of the Trump presidency. Think he's uh, a cheater? Presidency. Trump? A cheater? No, Brady. Uh, I think that team has like a culture of cheating. Right. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think they would call it cheating. I think they would call it strategizing, probably like optimal strategization. Strategizing be a perfect fit for Trump. Trump should be. Oh yeah, like the that's probably his team. I mean, he loves that team. Pep talk. I don't cheating aside, though. Well, when when I read this body worker guy that he's in business with, who had this Supreme Greens product, and he had some, it was like he created a beverage that I think was being marketed to professional athletes to per like to counteract the damage of concussions. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) And he got shut down. And so it's the same thing. Brady's kind of like, look, I knew some of this. I didn't know some of this, but he's my friend. And I've, he's, and I support my friends. And I support my friends and he's kept me healthy for 17 years. Yeah. So when Trump cripples. So the Brady brain stops right there at the friend. (laughs) When a potential Trump presidency cripples the, uh, the daily operations of the democratic world. Tom Brady would be oh, like, yeah. well, I mean, he's just my friend. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he was really that stupid. Shrewd, because he's so laid back. He's just saying. He's just, I'm just saying, guys. Come on. Hey, you want to try one of these quinoa burgers? Lettuce bun? No carbs. Giselle's eating one. She loves them. And did you see the, on did there? Did you see the lentil sweet potato, like... Footballs? Football things. They look <laughs> kind of gross. They do look. So here's Andy Bellotti uh, in bornfitness.com. I, I think it's uh, pronounced Bellotti. This is a perfect example of someone taking a food. So he, in all, he's supportive of the, uh, he's like, good, you got a lot of it right. Plant-based, great, good for you. Lean meats. This is a perfect example of someone taking a food most people believe is healthy, olive oil. The chef in question says, I will drizzle it, but never cook with it. He never cooks with it, only raw olive oil. He cooks exclusively with coconut oil. And he also serves no nightshades because they induce inflammation. They do, and Tom Brady's really picky about no tomatoes, eggplants, which is kind of a he calls a mushroom a nightshade. Ayurvedic Doctor Andrew Wheel thing too, like no, I, not that Doctor Wheel. I don't they, they serve tomatoes at True Foods, I think, but we don't have to read this. This guy says olive oil's fine. It's actually like the perfect oil for cooking. Yeah, he says it doesn't degrade until it hits its smoke point, which right. is well above what you need to cook. Right. He also says he doesn't like the way that uh, the nightshade that diet. Yeah, the nightshade thing, and that it demonizing. Carbs is like, or the, this guy only uses white, this guy's uh, no white sugar or white flour. And Andy's point is, well, no, sugar, his point sugar. was on white sugar. Was that sugar, sugar, whether it's honey or agave nectar? That's think what I was just saying. You said white flour or white sugar. What you, yeah, well, you he, were the, the chef 
keeps both of those out of the house, and then Andy goes, well, take sugar. Oh, okay. That's ridiculous. Okay. Good Night, job. Nightshades are also ridiculous. It's proven that they actually men need to eat a lot of tomatoes for the lycopene. It's good for your prostate, right? Yep. So, I don't know. I think the fundamental problem was it was this is a like a low acidic diet, and all of nutrition science says that that's complete bunk. The mm-hmm. the acid alkaline thing that your yeah, body so. has this tight range of where it'll be, and if you're anywhere outside of that, you're seriously ill. Yeah, that's silliness. Come on, Brady. Have a, have a cup of coffee, man. <laughs> but overall, good diet. Plant-based, yeah. uh, modest amounts of meat. That's that's what and, we're going for. And he's for. kicking it. Yeah, he's just, he's just saying. He's just saying it. But where's the, where are the meal replacement bars? I didn't <laughs> see any of those. I didn't either. Vega one? He should have his own. And he's got his own chickens, according to Mark's peppy headline for our next article. Well, we had Tom, Tom Brady's, Brady's tomatoes, chickens. Tom Brady's chickens. Chickens prefer... God. <laughs> Chickens prefer beautiful humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stumbling. This is a tongue twister. Chickens prefer beautiful humans. By seriously science. What is that? I don't know. You put this in here. Well, that was the byline. Discover Magazine. So this is a short article, but it, the, the nut of it is that uh, some researchers, quote, train chickens to react to an average human female face, but not to an average male face or vice versa. In a subsequent test, the animals showed preferences for faces consistent with human sexual preferences obtained from university students, the horniest group of people on the planet. This suggests that uh, human preferences arise from general properties of nervous systems rather than from face-specific adaptations. <laughs> that interesting poll quote, but um, yeah, I think the study suggested that the chicken, they held, they held up the faces of like different people. And if they peck at them, they like them. Yeah. And they pecked at the more attractive ones as rated by university students. Yeah, they like the, the symmetrical faces, I would guess. So the inference being that, well, that's interesting that it's a general property of the nervous system, meaning everybody's got sort of this hard wiring around it, less, per, less preference and taste, more just like I think it has to do biology. with symmetry. Like symmetry yeah, is a sign of, of uh, health. But the real thing, Tom Brady's backyard chickens are just like the happiest chickens on earth. They are. They're just like pecking laid all back the Giselle. time. Yep. <laughs> Giselle's just sunbathing oh. and they're just pecking on the ground around they're her. They're just pecking her feet lightly. They're just Tom so Brady's, happy. Uh, Rubbing tomato juice yeah, on his face. Whatever the hell he does. <laughs> that was fun. That's like, it's a fun <laughs> little journey. What are the kids' names? I don't know his kids' names. That's a good question. Are they wacky? Are they like Jamie Oliver's kids' names? Did we talk about that? No. That's why your Justice Pancake thing is is uh, going to be out of context for most people. <gasps> his kids have crazy names. Should I tell every? I'll tell everybody what they are. Yeah, let's do that. Because <laughs> Jamie not... Oliver, all a mode, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm very interested in Jamie Oliver these yeah. days. Mark was interested in producing a short segment. Brush on Oliver. Four kids. Oh, oh, can I see them all? Poppy Honey Rosie. That's the first, so I guess the last name's Oliver. Poppy Honey Rosie Oliver. Poor thing. That's just one. But uh, Poppy, Poppy's an all right first name. Yeah. That, that, kid, that kid's not in trouble. I think that's the secret. If you look at all these names, they're crazy, but somewhere in there is a very, that you can get away with something you can get away with. I lost it. I got to find it here. Shouldn't be that hard. Daisy Boo Pamela. Pamela? Daisy Boo Pamela, Oliver. So she can go with Daisy or Pam. 
Probably Daisy. <laughs> this one's tough, though. Ooh. Petal Blossom Rainbow, Oliver. Blossom? You'll remind people of that uh, beloved 90s show starring... You what was her name? I think they might go with Petal? Pet? Peta? Pita? Pita. It's politically charged. And then the boy. Buddy Bear Maurice, Oliver. Oh, Maurice, all the way. Or Buddy. Buddy! Yeah. So that was my... I think if I had a kid, I, to, I went with Happy Justice Pancake. Why not? All right. There was a kid named Justice on my son's uh, Little League team one year. There was? Yeah. I like that name. Tom Brady kids. Googling it. Googling it. Vivian Lake Brady. Ooh, that's kind of that's kind of Ren- film noir. Ronaldo. What? No. Ronaldo. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not right. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm gonna get sidetracked. Family photos at the beach. Oh boy. All right, Mark. Oh boy. Hey, put that away. Come on. Oh, I can't find the. Where are the kids? Oh, three adorable kids: Jack, Benjamin, and Vivian. Huh. Good names. I think they're a more sensible couple than than uh, their actions and appearances. Like Kanye, like Kim suggest. Kanye seems kind of crazy. Unless they're totally playing it. He wants to homeschool his kids by the by the pool, the home pool. <laughs> Is that true? It's in a song lyric. <laughs> I don't know like that. Or he wants to make his own Montessori. There, that song <laughs> "Blessed." Look up the lyrics for the song "Blessed." I feel blessed. He's 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 hinting at a new album, buddy. I like. I'm always excited by a new cause, you know. Well, I used Kanye to. D- Lady Faye, she loved Kanye West, and I love to just bash Kanye West. He's an interesting guy. But yeah, the the more time I spend with Kanye West, uh, I I kind of like. I think sometimes. I like that he's kind of just. You know what I like about him? That he's uh, uncompromising. That's true. You know. Real friends. Oh, wait, it's a Big Sean song. Look, I feel blessed. Way up, I feel blessed. Yeah. I'm way up, I feel blessed. Fuck a vacay, I feel better at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck yeah. I shouldn't read some of these lyrics. Okay. Which wait. part you want me to get to? Hook. Verse two is Drake. Verse three is Big Sean. Verse four, oh, Kanye West. Oh, nice. Uh, There's words in there we can't get away with. Oh, my God. They trying to compromise my condom size. Yep. So I Snapchat that whole shit. <laughs> oh, here we go. Just did a couple laps in my home pool, and my daughter's right there getting homeschooled. That's just I'm a blessed. Vibe. And I was thinking about starting up my own school, a Montessori, and the hallways looking like a monastery. Oh yes. I Way up, I feel blessed. See, that's that's hilarious. That's uh, he's a clever fucker, and I like uh, I like his Yeezy line with Adidas. I bet you, yeah. All right. No, nice shoes, nice uh, silhouettes on the clothes. Kind of, oh. kind of like weirdly sci-fi, but also uh, just very muted. Military too, right? A little bit. A little drop crotchy. Yeah. Look at these billowy pants. These actually would be right at home on the Yeezy, in the Yeezy uh, lookbook. Season three. Season three. Yeezy. Kanye, come on, hit me up. We'll work together. He. You know what I like about him? One thing I really like about him. What's that? I think there's an intelligence to it, right? He's he's his mind's working on stuff, but then he brings yep. in these like, I mean, one album he had Boney Vare showed up, right? And like there was this, uh, he had, he put out he he redid a song from 808s and Heartbreak, <laughs> and, and uh, brought in like this this young girl who's like 
kind of known in the classical music world to do these vocal, crazy vocal things, like put her on stage. He like makes people that you wouldn't expect to be made. I read uh, an article. I don't remember where it was published. It was a bony Vare. Like, what the fuck is that? He's got bony Vare in the studio. We did this. He did an album with Rick Rubin. This article was a, a very detailed profile of Rick Rubin, but Rick Rubin was talking about recording that album with Kanye. I guess Kanye like brought him kind of some stuff that he had. Yeah, isn't that the one and that he was I, like? Uh, he was like, I, it was not. It was like his last album. I think. Yeah, it's. You, yeah. I have it. No, but it's what's raw. cool is he basically said like he had this stuff, and Rick Rubin's like, oh yeah, there's some good stuff here, and he said I need to. I owe a label, all right, yeah, I owe my label an album in, like, two months or something insane. And Rick was like, well, shit. All right, so they got to work, and then they still needed tracks on, or, like, he needed to record vocals on a few tracks, like, in the in the dwindling hours that they had left. Oh, I think I heard that. And yeah. then he had to go to a baby shower with his wife. <laughs> and then after the baby shower, they were going to fly, like, overseas. And so in between, he came into the studio in, like, two hours and just bam, like knocked out right. everything in one take and then left. Yeah. That's impressive. If it's good. <laughs> yeah, I guess if it sucks, it's not <laughs> impressive. But Rick Rubin was satisfied, so it must have been good. Yeah, I imagine. Rick Rubin's not, not going to put his name on shit. Mm. On unworthy shit. Come on. Well, but Rick Rubin's also a thing at this point. He's like the meditating Buddha guy in this trailer studio. He doesn't, he's not doing stuff he doesn't want to do. He ta- yeah, he ha- everything he does, he does for a reason, Mark. I agree. He's not kidding. No, I don't know that you do. Well, but I think he also needs to perpetuate the Rick Rubin vibe. He wants to work. He wants to do stuff. Yeah, but he's not going to put his name on something. That what I are we talking about? You're saying that Kanye's <laughs> lyrics right before I won the way to the airport might not have been that good. And I'm Weird. saying. Is this a food podcast? You know what food is, Mark? Food is life. So this is a life podcast. K-k-k-k-k-k-k. Kratom. Kratom. An addict's alternative is found to be addictive itself by Alan Schwartz, New York Times. So this, uh, this is something that grows like in Thailand, right? And it's uh, this leafy thing. Ancient medicine. They grind it up. It, has, it, it affects the brains. It's kind of like an opiate. They, they used it forever in Thailand. Thailand? Thailand. <sighs> Thailand. They eventually banned it because it was getting abused in Thailand. In Bangkok. <laughs> but nah, it's, a, it's, it's a burgeoning market in the U.S. This is bringing up that supplement thing. It's a botanical, right? So it's like Mother Nature. I'm not sure most supplements Don't are fuck this with Mother Nature. No, well, no, this is on the edge. Yeah. But it, but it raises all those questions about if this is a dietary ingredient that's found in the world, how do we regulate this? What do we do? Blah, blah, blah. Somebody's going to get pissed off because there's tons. What's not listed in this document is all the anecdotal evidence about people who are like, I had chronic pain for 50 years and this is the only thing that helped. And you're going to ban it? Whoa. Yeah. Well, maybe because they're addicted to it. It's essentially heroin. <laughs> yeah, but it's probably, I mean, they didn't ban Oxycontin. Just nope. Yet. There you go. Look at you, FDA conspiracy theorist. Some users embrace Crack Tom as a natural painkiller. And benign substitute for more dangerous substances that, in most ca- in most states, is illegal. What is illegal? I don't know. For more dangerous substances that, New York Times? in most states, are legal. New York Times are what illegal. F- what? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Some users embrace kratom as a natural painkiller and benign, benign substitute for more dangerous substances that, in most states, is legal. <laughs> oh no no no! Kratom is legal. 
It's just a weirdly structured sentence. Yeah. All right. But its growing popularity and easy availability are raising concerns among substance abuse experts and government officials who say it's being furtively marketed as a way out of addiction, even though it itself is addictive. Or something like that. Worse, some of those experts say Kratom can lead some addicts back to heroin, which is cheaper and stronger. Yikes. So they, they uh, profile a, a Kratom user who is a it former seems to heroin be addict. Something's going on in Delray Beach. It's a hotbed of... Yeah, <laughs> Kratom dispensaries and nightclubs and products at the convenience stores. Miss yeah. Pankova said she and many friends wound up spending $60 a day on, what's Kratom? Kratom. Kratom. Drinks before moving back to less expensive heroin. Yikes. 60 bucks a day for like a... That's expensive. A, a, but yeah, they talk about these tea. weird little bars where you can go hang out and drink it out of like juice cups. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't know who this is. This is Josh. Oh, hi. How are you? Oh, I thought I sent back that, sent back that text. Uh, yes, I'll be there. Wonderful. Couldn't hear it. Oh, it was my dentist's office. Going to the dentist? I have a, I need to get a filling uh, repaired. Ooh, what happened? Uh, it's rotting out of my fucking diseased <laughs> head. I don't know. Did you have a checkup or did you know it was a problem? No, no, no. I went in and they found a little bit of like, mm. it was an old filling and there's a little decay around one edge. Mm. So. BS. Okay. So, uh, now, I only bring this up because it's becoming a hot, it's, it's like a, another villain of the supplement world getting attention. U.S. Marshals seize dietary supplements containing Kratom. Yeah, this is an official re- release from the FDA. Yeah, let's not read the whole thing, but let's just, they seized 90,000 bottles of a supplement containing Kratom. I like the names here. It was, uh, manufactured for and held by Dordonis Natural Products, LLC. Dordonis. South Beloit. Marketed under the brand name Relaxpro. <laughs> no, R R capital R E L A capital K Z P R O. Relaxpro. Relaxpro. I think it's Relaxpro. What's the Z? Oh, Relax. Relaxpro. Relaxpro. No, it's Relaxpro. I think it's like Relaxpro. It's a professional. It's for professionals who want to relax. <coughs> Four hundred thousand dollars worth of product stopped at. The border. Good job, FDA. We have identified Kratom as a botanical substance that could pose a risk to public health and have the potential for abuse. <laughs> that was Melinda Plazer <laughs> speaking, the FDA's Associate Commissioner for Regulatory, Regulatory Affairs. All right. So, yeah, watch out for that Kratom, people. It's one of so many. There's so many plants out there that do stuff yeah. like this. If you're at a truck stop and you see something called Relax Pro. Just go to Thailand and like just, pick a leaf off and chew that up. That's well, the no, same with buy kava. it. Buy it, but drink it in a in a safe environment. No, drink it in your don't basement. Don't buy it; it's illegal. But um, no, buy a shitload of it and binge watch something. Just chill. Kava. Same thing with kava. People keep trying to bring kava back. You've heard of Netflix and chill, kratom and chill. Well done. Asprey beware. Biohack your new year. At the fucking bulletproof conference. Thanks for sending this one to me. <laughs> By Zach Stone. I think it doubled my blood pressure. That's so <laughs> mad at this article. Out, yeah. <laughs> that was terrible. 
Well, this is this men's magazine, Mel, which is just a newsletter. Well, uh, it's their their the newsletter is like the build up to the launch. Oh, yeah, a friend. Uh, it's is putting his thing, and then you. This is a nepotism. This is a nepotism article. Well, no, I I've been I've pitched to Mel. Yeah, so that's I'm my on their point. newsletter. You're trying to get business out of this. No, I already yeah, got. Yeah, here, Luke, I talked to you on this podcast. <laughs> I already got the business, man. Oh. I just saw this and was like, oh, this is a newsletter that's going to piss Mark off. Zach Stone, it was, quote, it was hard not to think about dying while attending a recent conference of biohacking hosted by Bulletproof, a brand best known for its fatty, butter-rich coffee and its guru-like CEO, David Asprey. (sighs) This guy. No, this thing sounds insane. This guy. The exhibition hall featured several infrared saunas to try, including sunlightens, which supposedly work better than traditional ones by, quote, by heating up your body's core to a cellular level where most toxins are stored. That's, a That's quote according to, to Asprey. Uh-huh. Given how difficult chronic pain can be to fix, I'm not going to shit on any solutions that I haven't tried yet. <clears throat> Brush. This is it. This is my solution. <laughs> or any solutions, period, because who knows? Maybe they'll work for you. But I won't be rushing to purchase a $1,000 plus, $1, plus device anytime soon. Trend prediction, look out for the spread of infrared saunas across more of the nation's high-end gyms in 2016. It's not the worst thing in the world, an infrared sauna, is it? I mean, it's... Come on. Okay, uh, flip side of that. There were like a do- w- there were a dozen of these things in this in this on this show floor. I'm saying if Mark Brush, and all of them were this quasi medicine. Mark Brush, uh, say he uh, stops going to the rec center, the local rec center. Maybe he's traveling abroad, or 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 stateside, and he stops into a 24 hour fitness, For slips quick- on his his little marble pouch uh, swimming shorts, little briefs. No, does 10 laps. That's probably what he does. About 10 laps, right? <coughs> yeah, and then he gets out, and there is an infrared sauna Ten minutes on per premises, lap. and he remembers this. He's like, mm. and his back flinches a little bit. And he's like, "Fuck it!" And he goes in, and it works. Then what happens? Oh, then I'm, then we just change the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. Then Mark buys one the of these infrared saunas. saunas. Every time you go to his house, you notice like the basement windows are glowing red. <laughs> My electric bill goes through the roof. Yep. And then the Mark is just—he's on his inversion table and his isogenics briefs. Being blasted with infrared sauna. Oh, yeah. It invert in the sauna. Yeah. Time's, um, time's precious. I got to get it all. Hey, here's a quote from this article. Asprey says he only sleeps a few hours a day. I mean, that's just certain people. I think some people have that sleep pattern. Here's my wish. Sleep more. Yeah, that'd be Do nice. less. All right. Do uh, you want to read this one? Roy Krebs of yeah, Natural this Stacks. All, this is one of the booths at the show. Yeah. Ray Krebs, Natural Stacks, a nootropic, meaning cognition boosting, supplement brand. Hey, he told Zach he was feeling great, alert, energized after popping a mixture of artichoke and other plant extracts called... Siltep. Siltep. Hailing it as some sort of natural amphetamine. Yep. It's like nature's Adderall, baby. Jesus. It's you, only better. And a little more tightly wound. Terrible. Uh... Let's tell you. I, I feel like we've lost some of the nuance in this in this uh, article, but no, it wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> well, I mean, it was it, the reporting of it was fine. He had some skepticism about it. Yeah, but he said he did concede uh, to the point that I've made that uh, you can make your own bulletproof coffee, and it really does kind of make you feel. Well, full. but even then, he did. Well, let's. I'll tell you what he said about that. That was a nice. That's not moment. what he said. That's what Asprey says. 
Yeah, but he did it in a tongue-in-cheek way when he reported it. Here, I'll tell you. Which is why I liked him. Though the real version, in quotes, uses bulletproof brand products, you can recreate the beverage at home with any free-range butter or coconut oil. Yep. That is, if you can handle the feeling of letting Guru Aspray down. I struggle with that each morning. He claims that the bulletproof brand coconut oil, called Brain Octane Oil, will pack more fats and that his brand of coffee lacks performance-robbing mold toxins. Peren, other scientists say most grocery store coffee probably doesn't have these toxins either. Chuck, full of nuts, just fine. That's a brand, right? The can? Yeah. Chuck, full of nuts? Yeah, isn't it? Like uh, the, of coffee? The lowest grade you can get. Chuck, what's Chuck, the, full of nuts. Chuck, full of... Ah, oh, shit. All right, Mark. All right. Get with Gross, buddy. Bill Gross warns investors about Xanax and sexting by Tom Huddleston Jr. This is in Fortune. Uh, yeah, chuck, full of nuts. Congratulations, Mark. That old can? Low mold, apparently. <laughs> All right, Bill Gross. I like this. I think we should bring in more like of these investment gurus because they pontificate Wait a minute. about the I world. I thought we were a food podcast, Mark. Well, they, they, what they, are we doing? Oh, yeah, right back at you, brother. <laughs> I can talk about Rick Rubin if you're going to fucking talk about Bill Gross. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll okay. trade you a Rubin for a Gross. Yeah, well, you'll win. Yeah, <laughs> more people know Rubin. This guy. Well, until this moment now, our vast audience is well about said to be here, right? right? Bill Gross, the legendary bond investor, drew some interesting analogies in his latest market commentary. I like these commentaries. Like Buffett puts out a newsletter, or a annual letter, hmm. annual report with an opening letter once a year. The Janus Capital Investment Manager's January Outlook is titled, It's a Xanax World. And it kicks off with a comparison between Roman citizens being gifted a day at the Colosseum and the current wide, aware, wide array of modern distractions. Ow. Sports, self, ow. cell phone game apps, sexting, and fast food. Food! Mm. As examples of opiates for the masses. It's a Xanax society, he writes. We love it. Yep. Yeah, it's sort of like, uh, I think people are tempted, you know, by the amount of surveillance and tracking exi- that exists in the model, modern world. You know, you got a tracker in your pocket right here with a microphone and a camera on it. People, people tend to equate That's, that to like 1984 and like a big brother type dystopian future. Yeah. But really, we're in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. We're just like completely just maxed out on pleasure. And we're just well, distracted from all the really horrible shit. Why not say we're ancient Rome? Yeah, I like, I like a asleep, brave new world. Asleep while the Visigoths come to the border, peer over the wall and just barbarian up our ass. Woo. Okay. We're asleep at the wheel. Too busy, distracted by her. My only point is I think people are, people are quick to go to the 1984. <laughs> not doing a lot of sexting, but that's okay. Maybe a more popular book, but people are quick to go to the 1984 reference. Well, that's because there's a futuristic element. I like uh, the way you're bringing Huxley it. is a futuristic, the brave new world. No, but why, if, why I want to go back to Rome is like this is history repeating itself. Ooh. Societies achieve a certain level of comfort and excess and pleasure, and then they just collapse and you start over. Naturally, Huxley was aware of this. It's parallel. He, he, uh, there was a, so, so the reason I bring this article up is I think last episode we talked about just briefly. I oh, hinted you, you at it. You teased to this article. You were giving us a little heads up. Yeah, but there, but you bef- had something special. Before we get to that, he does say this. The point Gross eventually gets around to is that the world's many distractions make it easy to forget that half of the U.S. population doesn't go to work in the morning. Strikes close. 
goes to home. It sure does. <clears throat> and that their real wages after conservatively calculated inflation have barely budged since the mid-1980s. Barely budged. Nobody's earning any more money than they did in the 1980s except for Donald Trump. Wasn't everyone happy in the 80s, though? <laughs> yeah, we can't stay still. Why not? It's dangerous you need moving to keep, forward. Keep going. Keep making money. Keep. So he warns of this demo. Here we go. We're back to the demographic countdown. The problem, as Gross sees it, is that there will be too few millennial workers to produce all the things that the aging baby boomer generation will want to consume. There you go. That's flawed logic. Why? Because they're not going to want to consume it? No, because they'll make because ma- machines, robots, AI Ooh. will be in charge of producing that shit. Yeah, Bill thinks it's just going to go abroad, more abroad. Hmm. U.S. market really a mixture of out. all things. You, are you saying that you a were mature t- approach? The millennials are too lazy to produce. We're tapped out in that way. Well, I prefer a vision where we don't, where it's like, oh yeah, we don't need to make as much stuff. Let's stop making that stuff. Yeah. Let's not flooding every middle American home with plastic toys for their kids. Yeah, this came up just today. We're having a, a birthday party. Our, our boys, actually tomorrow is my youngest son's birthday, and the next day is his older brother's birthday. So we're having a joint party over here. As you do. As we do, and uh, as customary every year, Mark's family misses it because they're <laughs> on some sort of weird vacation. Usually they're just up in Tavernash, but this time they're going Usually to Mexico. Usually you do it over the, yeah, you do it over the uh, holiday weekend, we, three-day weekend, we go up to the mountains. Yeah, yeah. This week we're just going to Mexico. We choose to quietly observe the holiday at home, you know, in a somber manner, but, you know, Mark's going to go drink margaritas. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe I will. What the shit was my point? Oh, Nicole was like, Stop. hey, give me a head count. I'm going to go buy some party favors. And then, but then next breath, like, wait, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going to do that. She had just gone to a birthday party with no party favors, and she's like, I, I love that. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Why why burden people with trash? Because that's really all it is. It's like, here, you throw this away. Yeah. And the other thing, Take too. Take this bag out of my house and throw it away somewhere. Yeah. Oh, oh and your kids are going to cry when you throw it away. There's an added <laughs> bonus. They're going to get pissed off. They're going to demand that they, they're going to say that they need this stuff. But here's the other thing. How did I? Let me ask you a question. I'm like a foot below my microphone now. You're sliding down. Sorry, gotta get back up. Uh, this is when it gets. When you when your television. How many minutes in are we? When you uh, forty eight minutes. Oh, seconds. we got five minutes to just go. When your television breaks, Mark, what do you do? I tend to take it in the backyard. I drill a small hole in the screen. I urinate in it until it is full, yep. and then I set it on fire. And in the smoke, I waft that into my face until I gag, cough, and throw up. Nice. And then you rush to Costco and buy a new one. Oh, yeah. Nonetheless, beforehand. Back in the day, there used to be, uh, you know, shops dedicated to television repair. Or if your TV broke, you'd like have someone on call come and fix your TV. <coughs> the disposable economy. You're not a fan. I'm not. Now we just throw that shit away, which I don't think is right. You know? I, well, I, but I'm kind of a hoarder, think? too. I don't like to throw things away. No, yeah, you but are. I also don't like disposable. I wonder where it junk. all is. Where is it in this house? In that room? No, we get rid of it. We purge. Where are you hoarding? Where's your stuff? Uh, mostly books on the bookshelf. That's what I'm most guilty of hoarding of books that I have not read. What about all of your old files, your old podcasts and songs and? Oh, those are on hard drives. Just little hard drives stuck somewhere. Yeah, and I, you know what? I can distinctly remember telling you that I was saving all this stuff, and you scoffed at one point. You're like, "What? 
Like, what are you going to do with oh, that? Thank God you did. What are you going to do with that? Oh, I, I'm what looking into the future. In, I don't an, have... in eight years from now, I'm going to use it as intro music. Do you for this have podcast a, that we're going to do? Capability of like accessing the old hard drives. Yes. What do you do? I don't know how to do that. You, you take get, a hard drive out of an old machine. What? How do you use it? You can buy like a sled. They call it. It's you like, got a sled? I have two sleds. Oh. I, one of them doesn't seem to be working very well right now, and it's kind of freaking <laughs> me out. Two sleds. But yeah, you just like plug the hard drive into this sled, and there's a casing on it, and then you you USB it in. Oh. And then you can access the hard drive as a, as external Ooh. storage. I might need to borrow that sled. Oh, or you can go buy one. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You can order one on Amazon. Why don't? Why would I do that? Why would I just borrow yours and not tax the world further? Oh, I see. Oh, you're going to hit me I'll, where it I'll hurts. I'll give you a buck. No, but I mean to borrow I'll my sled. It. That means I have to find my tiny screwdriver and take it apart and remove my hard drive. And then say, here, please bring this back. What? I'll show you. And I mean... The sled is built into some other thing? You have to... Okay, it's like a little silver box that's roughly the size of a hard drive. It's rectangular. Yeah. It's probably about a quarter inch thick. It's an accessory. Right, but the face of it pulls off. You unscrew it and it pulls off and there's a plug. Oh. There's, you, then you like port, you plug the hard drive into it, then slide it in, put in the screws. Oh, so you'd have to pull it out, take out your hard drive. Exactly. It's well, not. Are, how many hard drives do you have at this point? Uh, four. So you would have to do that anyway for different hard drives. Well, two of them are really old. They're like old PC hard drives. But actually, I kind of would like to dig in those because I think they have... Uh... I bet you would. No, when I when I lived in Chicago, I would go work at the public library. on my Like I worked on a split shift and I would go do my freelance writing there. And I would just go through the music section and find interesting CDs. Hmm. And I'd rip them to my hard drive. Hmm. I, guess, I guess I'm con- uh, confessing <laughs> to theft. <laughs> But I wasn't, I'm not talking like contemporary so hits. Diff- I'm talking like contemporary hits. Old stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, but what, what the fuck? What, oh, gross. What about gross? The, this new making shit? The oh. making shit thing. The balance. I'm listening. What am I listening to? Yo, you'll get it. Oh, some Kanye. You want to create licensing problems for us? Oh, sorry. This is on SoundCloud. Real friends. How many of us? How many of us? Quite a delivery. I'm with Gross. I think you're right, though. We could just mechanize a lot of it. Well, I think a lot but of it. But I think it. we're going ma- to have to make less stuff. Didn't I read somewhere that like the, the driverless car <coughs> may not even happen because we'll just Uber and Lyft it anyway? We won't need them. Or, I don't know. Maybe uh, you and I also read then that I read, somewhere. What well, then I, you know, you read everything because they, they write about everything. I also the upshot read of the driverless car is like if the network is sophisticated enough, it could potentially like lessen traffic jams, right? Well, I think people are... most traffic jams happen because people are like fighting for position. But people, if cars automatically went for the optimal merging... Oh, yeah. You might people slow are, down, but you're not going to stop. People are freaked out by losing control of the car, though. So if it's a driverless car you can take over, yeah, people are okay with that. But the kind where it's like you're out, yeah, and this we've we've maximized the traffic grid, and you're toast. Have you watched Silicon Valley? No, I have not. <laughs> I am not familiar with that show at all. Silicon Valley, that I've seen. Oh, okay. Well, you know where the their weird assistant. I haven't seen it. He gets in a driverless car, provided <laughs> by this kind of like, uh, well, they're mocking Google. He's like this. Anyway. 
there's a driverless car and it, it hijacks him, and puts <laughs> him onto a shipping container and he gets sent to like a, an island where it's just all robots like putting the final, t- final like finishing touches on this. Is this a dream scenario or something? No, it actually happens in the show. <laughs> oh my god! He's marooned on this uh, mechanized island for a little while. I don't know, half a season. <laughs> it's a fun, you ever watch that show? What's wrong with you? No, how would I watch that show? You, you get on Amazon and buy it. Dollar ninety nine an episode. I don't have it. Prime? I don't do Prime. You don't do Prime, huh? Don't you do, do Hulu. It's probably on Hulu. Don't do Hulu. What do you do? Is Netflix streaming? Just Netflix. Wow. Not on there. What a narrow. Well, what a tiny little people. I only need to fill an hour a night. I'm going back to the old Parks and Rec. Oh, that making a murderer shit. Why? Why what? Why watch that? Oh, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Oh, <laughs> what? What's there to enjoy? It's painful. It is painful and awful. And I, but it also at times it feels like they're stretching to fill an hour. They're like especially the first episode. I remember I fell asleep. What? It's like repetitive. You fell asleep during the first episode. Oh my yeah. god! This show is storming the nation. Yeah, the people are asking Obama to appeal. No, that part of it's good. I'm no, I'm not sure that it. is good because I think the upshot is kind of like maybe he actually did do it, but they completely the criminal justice system didn't deserve that outcome. Because there's, like, he, I don't know. You, you, you step think up, he did it, huh? Well, you step back enough away from it, and you're like, okay, yeah, he, like, burned a cat in a fire one time. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> and then, like, you, there's there's this subtext around that whole family, how the town hates the family. But it didn't seem, that cat fire thing, it wasn't like he was, like, holding a cat in a fire. Wasn't he trying to throw it over a fire, and he, what he miscalculated? Says. That's what he says. I think the cat was doused in oil or something. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Jeez. I don't know. It's all conjecture. I don't think he got a. He, I don't think he got a fair trial up there. Well, you haven't watched the show. What do you know? You should watch it. I've watched some of it. Well, it's there's only like, t- there's ten of them. It's kind of tedious and long. I don't uh, know. It's long winded. Can't handle it. You can't handle the real. I, truth. I don't think I like just it like criminal justicey programs. Well, it's that's what I like about it. It's like it's everything good. Not that there is a lot of good about Dateline or those shows. Mm-hmm. But well done. I'd say, but too long would be my. Oh, you haven't gotten into it. I have. I'm on like episode three, <laughs> where they're where they're like framing him for the fucking murder, or or I mean, where they're finding out that he committed the murder, right, Mark? Oh, so so episode one is basically when he gets out of jail after the big DNA kerfuffle. Yeah, and by episode three, I think they're there's been the like, murder. Well, <laughs> Isn't that the, just insane, though? There's the missing person. There's a guy person. that's in jail for 18 years. He's exonerated for not having done it. And then there's a convicted of murder like a year later or whatever it is. That kind of blew my By mind. Some I didn't know that was I didn't know that was coming when I started watching it. So it was kind of like, wait, wait a minute, what? Really? Wait a minute, a had murder? You, had, had you not read the title of the show? It's well, called I, Making I, a Murderer. I thought, I don't know. You weren't expecting a murder? I wasn't expecting the same guy <laughs> who'd been in jail for 18 years and exonerated on DNA evidence to then turn around and get accused of murder. It's kind of like, it also makes you wonder, though. Okay. See, I, now, I, now I understand the, the speed Man. at which your brain is operating. You'd need a show that, <laughs> that monotonous, or like that uh, cluttered with... Uh, oh. Yeah, you need to be hit over the head with every little detail, don't you? Jeez. Oh, so they're accusing him of murder. <laughs> you had heard, there had been all the press coverage about it. You knew everything you needed to know before you even started. I didn't know a goddamn I was thing. there early. Ooh, 
Yeah. Of course. Of course. That's what I do. That's what you do. That's I get the there brush, early. That's the brush journey. Yeah. Wait, yeah. What was your motto? Here, now? It's the brush. No. Yeah. Here, period, now, period. I think it's got to be something else. Oh, then it's going to be then. Here, now, at the bleeding edge. At the bleeding edge. That's not bad. Yeah. Fingers wet with blood from touching the edge. There you go. Fingers wet with blood from touching the edge. Well, let's. That's, that's your new be, motto. That's my motto, and it's the title of the episode. That's Fingers kind of... <laughs> wet with blood from touching the edge. Yeah, that works. Uh, keep up our trend of alienating people. Yeah, our trend of saying "fuck you, SEO." Yeah, we don't think we don't believe. We think that's a conspiracy theory. SEO, it's not real. Nope. Me and Ron Swanson just getting into Parks and Rec. Not such an early adopter, there, are you? No, sometimes I don't. I think we got to wrap. It's been too long. We got to cut. 58 minutes, man. Do not go to 60. Do not. All right, but as as we're God kind of... damn it, my whole audio this whole time is going to be all screwed up because I... Here, hi, hi, everybody. For the same reason it would be screwed up in any other episode? I know, but I'm not usually not below the mic like this. I don't know what's happening this week. If you had gone to Garage Center and bought a mic stand instead of ordering one off Amazon, you'd have it already. Uh, whenever I buy something off Amazon... A f- some percentage of the money goes to Stedman Elementary School. You're such a hero, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> you so, want me to go to Guitar Center so now? So here's what you could have done. You could have driven past Stedman on the way to the Guitar Center, given them a nickel, and then continued on to Guitar Center. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to do with that nickel. And then picked up your mic stand, and you would have had it. I will have it for episode 47. Let's hope. Although you'll be in Mexico. It'll get dropped on no. your doorstep, and I might steal it. Oh. Yeah. No, You're no. going to come back and be like, whoa, Mark, check it out. I got another night, night stand, dude. I, I got guess, two. I guess you could borrow it. You can't have it? Nope, I got two. I need two per episode. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna try a more dynamic vocal situation. You're going on a third lozenge? I've only had one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, what I was going to remind you of, though, is that the outro it's music a is a little bit somber, so maybe let's just calm down a bit All right. so we can fade out with... Right, you don't want to go over an hour. Says who? Yeah, go your, you your, go mar- over your market you know research? What? You know what? Halfway point. Let's do another hour right now. Well, uh, via con Dios, Mark. Oh, we're not the halfway. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You got to go home and pack. You're leaving in the morning. I'm leaving in the morning. Have you? Did you wash your Isogenics uh, briefs? I don't wash those. Hmm. They so get more powerful with each wearing. They're in the. They're in a chlorinated pool. You probably just wear them all the time. You probably got no, them on I take right them now. Off. They're on and off. They're on. They're just on. I need a new pair. I need uh, the elastic is not as effective as it once was. Showing a little more pube than you'd hope for. Nope. Are you shaving your belly? Where do you draw the line on that on that uh, treasure trail? I guess I could just go look at the Christmas card. <laughs> I don't, there's no shaving going on. All right. That, so yes, answered my question. Thank you. Yeah. Because I am a man. Oh, there you go. Right back to your uh, stubborn. Archaic, preconceived notions of manliness, right? Is that on the Proust questionnaire? Only, only pussies shave their chest, right, Mark? Is that what you're telling me? I did, I did yeah, say, yeah. Did not say that. Uh huh. I remember this dude in high school on our swim team, team, like, was shaving his chest once and shaved off his nipple. I think that you've already told that story on this podcast. Yeah, and I didn't even, I didn't, even, I didn't see it happen. It was like weeks later, someone told me it happened. And I, was, I didn't clutch my.